Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Dwell a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschooling moms by homeschooling moms. It's nice to see everybody. I'm your co-host, Renee Mathis, and I'm here with my co-host, Karen Kern, and our very special guest who you get to meet in just a minute. But first, I like to um, let you know about a word from one of our sponsors. Are you searching for hands-on activities that explore the practical side of science? Look no further than your kitchen. Inquisicook blends food science and culinary arts into an engaging program that puts delicious food on the family table. Let Inquisicook do the teaching with lesson videos that speak to the student in a friendly conversational tone. Their online platform is easy to navigate and optimized for mobile, so the learning experience can move from the classroom to the kitchen without a hitch. They provide the recipes, instruction sheets, and student forms for every lesson, so there are no books to buy. And their instructor resources make assessing student progress a piece of cake, even for the busiest parents. Inquisicook was created by homeschoolers for homeschoolers, and they're passionate about turning curious students into intuitive cooks, not just recipe followers. Say goodbye to the tyranny of the ingredients list. And say hello to utilizing what's in season, what's on sale, or what's in the fridge. Visit inquisicook.com, I-N-Q-U-I-S-I-C-O-O-K, to view sample lessons, then check out the recipe gallery to see just how crave-worthy science can be. Well, Karen, it's great to see you, and I will let you introduce our special guest since you have a special relationship to this guest. I sure do. Thanks, Renee. It's good to be here and see you again. Of course, our listeners can't see us, but we can see each other, which is really fun. So today, our special guest is my son, David Kern, and um, he is our oldest. He used to work for Cersei for many years. And then in 2020, because he wanted to start a business during COVID, 
he, um, he and his wife, Bethany, started Goldberry Books. And so you probably are familiar, many of our listeners would be familiar with him from um, his podcasts and from his bookstore. So just back up a little bit. David and Bethany have four kids and they homeschool them. They are ages 12, 11, 7, and 5, and they live in town. And we're thrilled to get to see them very frequently. And his bookstore is downtown Concord in a cute little area of town that is being overrun by construction, but he continues despite the construction. And his podcasts are Close Reads and Withy Wendell. And he is frequent speaker at things and podcaster and writer and editor. He does lots of things having to do with words and books. So welcome, David. Thanks for having me. It's nice to see you again. Renee, it's nice to see you for the first time in a while. It's it's, uh, really fun to get to chat with you. Yeah, it's fun to hear what y'all have been up to. So I'm going to ask real quick before we get started. David, is that you are the David Kern in World Magazine now who's reviewing books? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's me. pop up i had no idea you were doing this yeah they uh that happened sometime throughout 2023 i suppose um they did a story actually on the shop um this time last year i want to say and it was about the the state of independent bookstores in the world right now uh, post covid um with amazon being what it is and um even as the the big box stores have kind of sort of been flailing, although Barnes & Noble is doing better now. That's a different conversation, though. But uh, they did a story on us, and then that got me connected with their arts editor, um, who I believe actually listens to Close Reads. And so there were a bunch of connections there. And then they asked if I wanted to write a few things, and then one thing led to another. I just submitted a piece on the best fiction, or at least my favorite fiction of 2023. So it's eight books that I loved from 2023. um, And that'll be running sometime in December. As part of their end of year content. So that's something to look out for. So plug for world. Well, and you write wonderful reviews too. I look forward to reading. Oh, thank you. So that's what. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Invite you. So today we are talking about our favorite Christmas books. Because Mm -hmm. obviously this, we're recording here on December 7th. And so, you know, everybody's got their Christmas books out. And I was at the bookstore well, I'm there all the time, but um, the last time I was there, I purchased just some new books for my book box. And um, there are so many children's books that I am not familiar mm-hmm. with and so many new ones. And there are lots of Christmas books for adults. So um, we just want to have a conversation here, throwing out some new titles, maybe, and some old favorites. So mm. jump right in there. Do you want me to just go, huh? Go. Well, I, I wanted to ask you all. So, okay. are there ones that that you most loved reading to us or Renee to your kids when you were oh, yes. when they were little or when we were little? Because I, I'm curious to know how. As I was thinking about my list and you know writing them down in my notebook here and looking at once in, on the shelves in the shop before we jumped on, I um I started thinking about. I wonder how many of them that are on my list are new. Versus the ones that I grew up with, because I definitely know some of them. I, you know, the Grinch, we all grew up with the Grinch, right? And that's, I didn't even include that on my list because that kind of goes without saying, I feel like. Um, and then there's books that are not necessarily about Christmas, but that feel like Christmas. And so I couldn't, I was trying to differentiate between those. So then I started wondering, well, how does, how does it play out with the ones that you guys loved reading mm-hmm. to your kids? Yes. Yeah, so you go first, Renee. Um, I would say off the top of my head, 
Best Christmas pageant ever. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Great memories of reading that to the kids and uh, trying not to cry at the end. And, <laughs> and and another sweet memory is three, two, two or three of my girls, I think maybe just two, were in a play in their, our community theater. And and that was the play that they were in. So, yeah. It, oh, that's fun. That was really neat. Um, so there's Best Christmas Pageant ever. There is The Tale of the Three Trees. I love getting oh yeah um, at Christmas time, and then oh, um, Mister Willoughby's Christmas tree. Oh yeah, remember that one? Oh yeah, where he chops off yeah. the top of his tree, and then an animal finds it, and it's too big for their house, and they chop off the top top of the tree, and and it keeps getting smaller and smaller until it goes. Yeah, so like the mouse has just this very tiny piece. Yeah, it is a little yeah, tiny, yeah. tiny top of the tree. Um, I love that one. Uh, I mean, that was one that's been around, you know, our house and. We have a an old, old Christmas book that my mom got at a garage sale for 25 cents when I was little, and that has managed to weather all the years, and I love getting that out. You know, I keep my Christmas books put away, and then I get them out on Christmas, you know, when we start decorating the house. So they're out for about a month yeah, yeah. before they get put back, and so... um so you don't like leave them accessible all year oh, long. No, or, no, no, no. I, I yeah. wouldn't do that. I want to special. Um, I, I even have a book of you know Christmas short stories. I mean, the gift of the Magi and a Christmas Carol. <laughs> um, but I also like I I keep adding to it. Even now that I don't have little kids at home to read to, or even you know grandkids because they're a little far away. The Christmas letters, Father Tolkien's book. Letters to Father. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's on my list for sure. Um, yeah. So you can tell us about that. And um, the one last year, Karen, the, I think it's Tommy DePaula, Christmas with Old Bifana. Um, didn't that come from you? I I don't remember that one. Okay. That well, me? he's got so many yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I recently purchased um, uh, the one that's A Christmas Carol by Christina Rossetti. Beautiful illustrations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then for grown-ups, um, the Madeline Langle and Lucy Shaw. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have that. Winter Songs, is that what it's called? Yeah, Winter Song. Yeah. Malcolm Geit's book of poetry, Waiting on the Word, is a whole series of poems to take you through Advent. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, it is The Legend of Old Bafana, an Italian Christmas story hey. by Tommy DePelle. He's got a whole bunch of Christmas books that are great. Yeah. yeah. I definitely have a few of those on my list. So my favorite has to be The Night Before Christmas because, well, just because mm-hmm. of magic in that. And I know it's old and everybody's read it and everybody has it, but I love reading that. Part of it is the poetry. Mm-hmm. The poetry is so beautiful. You know, like the line, like, when dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an ox, obstacle mount to the sky, you know, mm-hmm. and then this, the, the description of, you know, jolly old saint nick i love that book so much so actually i have a box of books out here and my granddaughters decided i guess that it's a lending library now because they took home the other day they took home the perfect tree and they brought that back yesterday and now my copy of the night before christmas is gone because (laughs) well at least they're bringing the other ones back what at least they're bringing them back yeah they are bringing them back (laughs) so far and then the other one i love well, we used to read, I don't know if you remember, David, we used to read the Christmas Carol, Dickens' Christmas Carol out loud. Oh, yeah, of course. And maybe that's why you don't particularly love Dickens. I don't know. <laughs> you know the- that's a different podcast. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, different episode. Um, and then the Christmas Miracle of Jonathan Toomey. 
We have that one too. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember if I read it to my kids, but I read it to my students every year. And that's a hard one one. without crying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, and then the gift of the Magi, as you mentioned, Renee, and then all of the Christmas scenes in Little House, you know, they all feel like Christmas, even when it's not Christmas, if it's winter, but the scenes of Mr. Edwards crossing the river to bring them the, the Mm -hmm. things. And then what they, and in the little house in the big woods that they would get um pair of new mittens and a stick of peppermint candy you know when well, they did the there's the short store the, the, the little picture book little versions picture books. I that bought were adapted yeah yeah i had to yeah, buy a new little house christmas the christmas one last week at your store because ours was all torn to pieces from all the <laughs> A few decades of use. Yeah. yeah, those are actually not the easiest to find too. So like there's not a ton of them in print. So when you find them, I recommend grabbing those. Like if you Serafina, find used copies that are in good shape. Serafina looked at the back of it and she pointed out all the ones they own. We own this and oh, we yeah. own this and we own this. Yeah, yeah. We need this. Springtime, the deer in the woods. Yeah. 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 All those. So yeah. those are favorites. So visit to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I the little house is I always think of Farmer Boy too. Farmer Boy makes me think of Christmas, probably because I read it. Well, you gave me a copy yeah, for my eighth birthday, seventh or eighth birthday, a nice hardcover copy, which I still have somewhere. It's pretty beat up, but you inscribed it on the inside. So you would have, I mean, my birthday is in early December. So you would have given that to me and I probably read it during that, that, that December. So maybe that's partly why, yeah, you know, I think of it, but there's, you know, those books are all about, you know, they're about difficult circumstances that these people have to live through, but how they get a lot of pleasure and joy from things like, you know, eating donuts and you know, yeah. things like that. Apple I think that's very apple pie for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's, those are the, those are the kind of books that are great to read yeah. during Christmas time. Those they're cozy. They're cozy, cozy reads. books. Yes, they are. Yeah. You, you both mentioned the gift of the Magi and, and, um, I think there's a Candlewick released a, um, a really great version of that with the illustrations by PJ Lynch. So the, the story is obviously by O. Henry, if you if you if the text is the original classic text but then uh there's the pj lynch as an illustrator i think that one came out in the 2000s sometime but the illustrations there the beautiful watercolors mm-hmm. uh, and it makes it feel old-fashioned it doesn't look like a book from 2007 or 8 it, it makes it feel like feel like it was from 1945 or something like that um and maybe the original edition did come out earlier but um i mean it makes it feel like it, it, you know, they don't reset it. They make it in 1903 when O. Henry was originally wrote that story. So that's a really beautiful one. And then as far as, um, the night before Christmas, I agree that that's kind of an essential one. As long as to your point, mom, it's the Clement Moore text because everybody has done their adaptation of it. You can do any, you could do any illustrations, find find illustrations that are to your taste is what I would say. As long as the text is that original Wait, poetry from 1823? Text? How can you change the text? Well, there's adaptations. You know, there's oh, the have, Olaf version. The, we have the Cajun Night Before Christmas. Yeah, oh, yeah. I suppose. And yeah. the, there's the Sesame Street version. The, and the Night Before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Clarion has a really nice one that's in their Folk Tales Classics series with illustrations from 1912. Um, and then you've got. Um, I think Penguin, or I guess it's Applesauce Press, but um, they do. They have one that's probably the most popular, with, which is illustrated by Charles Santori. And that one looks like 
every illustration in it looks like it's a uh, a, a Coca Cola ad from 1935. You know, it looks like yeah. the, the the Santa from the 30s. Um, so that's very festive and and uh, nostalgic. Got some uh, feels old fashioned, and I think that's something people go for at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, but I have a whole. I mean, I've got so many we could do. Um, one book that I always think about with autumn uh, is the Oxcart Man. Oh, I love that. And that's mm-hmm. one of the books that probably I think most that most makes me think of being a kid. Yeah. And there's a Christmas book um by the same author. Well, I mean, by the same illustrator. So the the Oxcart Man is originally written by Donald Hall, the poet. Um, but the illustrations are by Barbara Cooney. Yeah. And she illustrated a Christmas book, which I think has already been mentioned, The Year of the Perfect Christmas Tree. Yes. yes. Um, in addition to, you know, Miss Rumpheus and Rocks of Boxing and yeah. so many wonderful ones. But The Year of the Perfect Christmas Tree is one of my favorites. It's an Appalachian story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it takes place kind of around here. Yeah. Uh, but the illustrations make me think of the vibes of the Oxcart Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're sort of vintage and retro, but but still cozy. And they're, you know, it's not all, you know, rainbows and, rain, rainbows and unicorns. It's yeah. like not just everything is super easy, um, but it's a very, still it's a very hopeful, beautiful story. So that definitely needs to go in any Christmas box, I would say. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the, the granddaughter's favorites, for sure. The year of the, the perfect Christmas tree. Yeah. Renee, have you read that one? Mm-hmm, I have that one. That's on my, that's on my table too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, And you mentioned Tommy DePaula, who has written many, well, many, many books, of course, but several Christmas ones that are great. And my three favorites are Three Wise Kings. Have you read his Three Wise Kings? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that one. That's that's They did a reprint of that in 2020. You can get that as a you have know, beautiful hardcover. Yeah, you can get that as paperback or a beautiful hardcover. Nice, big, you know, big hardcover. You know, still like 35 pages, but just really beautiful illustrations. Uh, he also did Birds of Bethlehem. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Um that's another great one. And again, he has that particular style of illustration yeah. that that he manages to look just like a Tommy DePaula book, but also to feel like the season that he's writing about. Because, you know, he does books on Easter and he does right. you know, books even for the 4th of July and ABCs and just general nature books. But he, his books, he just tweaks it just enough to feel exactly like you'd want a Christmas book to look, but in the, the, the specific Tommy DePaula style. Mm-hmm. And then he also has a book of illustrated Christmas carols. So it's the Christmas carol, the text. I think it even has like the sheet music with it. And then, and this one's bigger. This is a, a much like a larger scale book. Um, and then it has the, the text of the, I mean, it has these illustrations along with the, the, the sheet music itself. And that one's like 75, 80 pages. So it's a much bigger book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not much more expensive. I will add that. So th- those are all really beautiful, um, especially for people who are already fans of Tommy DePaula. So I would just, those are three I would recommend. Oh, I know what you reminded me of. Um, Peter Spears' Christmas book. Do you like that one? Oh, which one is that? There's. I've got to remember what the title is. I think it's just called Peter Spears' Christmas. Is it a picture book? Yeah. And I don't think there's any words or very, very few words. Huh. I don't, I, I, you know. You wrote the book, Oh, Were I, They Ever Happy? I, yeah, I mean, he also did um, The Fox Went Out on a Chilly Night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that author. Okay. I don't know if I know that Christmas book. That's what I'm going to have to look up. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to jump in here with a quick um, other word from a sponsor, uh, Reformation Bible College. So 
Reformation Bible College is a community of dedicated mentors and students who believe that theological education and discipleship go hand in hand. Whether attending a weekly chapel service, catching up with a neighbor in the on-campus residence hall, or meeting with a professor at the cafe, an RBC education provides students with plenty of opportunities to take the biblical truth learned in the classroom and put it into daily practice. Want to see if RBC is the right college for you? Register today for the Winter Preview Weekend on January 18th and 19th, where you'll have the opportunity to meet RBC's president, learn about the academic programs, tour the beautiful campus, and ask admissions team any questions that you may have. As a preview weekend guest, you'll also receive free admission to Ligonier Ministries 2024 Winter Conference called We Believe on January 19th and 20th, 2024. Hosted together with RBC, this conference will address the importance of creeds and confessions of faith and consider how doctrine is essential to the Christian life. If you'd like to experience what life is like at RBC, register for Preview Weekend by visiting reformationbiblecollege.org slash preview day or contact admissions at reformationbiblecollege.org for more information. So thank you to RBC for sponsoring this episode. And we get back to our program. <laughs> Did you, you mentioned the Madeline Langle books, Renee. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite? I was just referring to that, that one. Um, I mean, like of all her books, I love the wrinkle. And well, she, series, she, but she, well, she has the several um, Christmas ones, doesn't she? Then I don't know about them. Oh. Yeah, the one that you're talking about is is Madeline Langle and Lucy Shaw, and they alternate writing short essays and poems all about Advent and Nativity. Um, yeah. So she, I didn't include this in the list, but for people who don't know already, I mean, her her books are are great for Christmas. She's got winter the winter song Christmas readings. Is that the one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. Um, but she also has a book. On the Incarnation, which is themed to Christmas. And I'm trying to find the exact title oh, here. She's got some new, are they, maybe obviously they're not new because she's died, but you're, at your store, you have a selection of them. Um, yeah. Oh, here's one Miracle on 10th Street and other Christmas writings. Oh, nice. Um, that's just come out from Convergent. And then there's another one called Bright Evening Star, The Mystery of the Incarnation. And so those are both christmas themed they look look like when i saw the display that they're brand new like re redone or reformatted so brighty yeah like the probably 2018 19 range i think they came out with those so those are if you like langle and you know you want to it's kind of you know they're very devotional Mm -hmm. yeah and then speaking of which have you seen the um all creation waits advent books um because those are there there's a variety of different formats for them. One's just the text. Some have really beautiful illustrations. They have a really cool fox etching on the cover. But there's also a picture book. And so it's for kids. And so it has a, a poem with a beautiful painting for each day throughout Advent. And the, the poems are kind of um, themed around yeah. the... the Pardon the, the... Pardon me saying it this way, but the reason for the season. Right. Do you <laughs> so, have that um, in stock? Do you have that? In stock? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple of those. Yeah. They're nice. They're like really beautiful, naturalistic um, illustrations um, with with pretty good poetry as well. Um, there's lots of great poetry 
for the Christmas season, you know, there's um, more and more every year. There's a new collection. Um, so do you have one some... to recommend, David? I love G.K. Chesterton's Christmas poems. Oh, yeah. Is there a good collection? Like, does he have, does someone make just a Christmas book from Chesterton? So, yes, actually, there is a new book that just came out called, and pardon me for searching this. Okay. This is from Moody and it's called uh, Winter Fire. Christmas with GK Chesterton. Ooh. And it's so basically the, the copy on it, the description is experience the warmth of Christmas through the winsome wit and wisdom of beloved writer GK Chesterton. So again, it's kind of a devotional thing type of book that includes selections of his writings uh, with some commentary and scripture readings. And, okay. um, and then there's Victorian inspired artwork in there as well. So that came out in August. That's brand new. Oh. Um, so, but it does include some of his poetry, his short stories, and the essays kind of all together in a, in one illustrated book. Um, it's about 240 pages, 250 pages oh, range, I would guess. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hardcover. It's got a nice, um, nice cool blue cover. That's the editor and author of that is Ryan Whitaker Smith. So if you like Chesterton, that's a good one. That's Michael one. W. Smith's son. Oh yeah, that does check out, doesn't it? <laughs> he also did that book, Endless Grace, Prayers Inspired by the Psalms. And he's the one who so directed you... um, Surprised by Oxford with um, Carolyn Weber uh, that we met at. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, sometimes I don't, you know, putting two and two together is fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, a couple new ones that I love, you guys might know about John Clausen, uh, yeah. the illustrator who does... The, these are not my hat books. We have we've had him on Withy Wendell. He's hilarious. And then there's another he, the illustrator he often works with is named Mac Barnett. Or no, Klaus is the illustrator. Mac Barnett is the writer. And they have a book that came out this year called How Does Santa Go Down the Chimney? <laughs> and it is a hilarious, delightful book about how Santa goes down the chimney. <laughs> it's a, pretty much about what it says. But the illustrations are really fun, um, and they're very um, they're more modern. But not in an in an annoying way. Okay. <laughs> they are they're truly like hand done. You know, a lot of illustrations now look like it's been digitized or it's photoshopped. And maybe he did. You know, nowadays people touch things up, but they look hand drawn. They look they're not naturalistic, but they have a real um, there's a real tactileness to them, which is really really beautiful. Um, I, that's probably my favorite new Christmas book that we have in the shop. We've been selling a lot of that one. Um, and then, the, um, do you know the story orchestra books? Mm. So they'll have, as you turn the pages, you can press the button and music will play. So there is the, um, you can do, there's a Swan Lake one. Um, there's the Nutcracker, there is, right? And the Nutcracker was the one I was going to mention. Oh, so it's the, nut, it's the Nutcracker music with illustrations. And then as you go, you press the button and that section of the Nutcracker plays on the, oh, on the page. Now, I will tell you, those ones are a little pricier for, for kids' books. They're like 25 to 28 bucks. I don't know what they are on the discount sites, but um, they do get a little annoying after a while because <laughs> you hear so much. <laughs> so, you know, make sure that that's, that's the great thing about the Nutcracker, though, is once the Christmas season's over, you can put it back in the box and pull it out the next year. Wow. So, you, you know, you, you don't have to, you only have to listen to it for a short period of time. But if your kids are really into them, I hear them in the, the sh in the kids' room in the shop all the time. Those books, people will just open them and then pull the tab for the battery thing and then press the button. And then I'll just hear, you know, the the Nutcracker or Swan Lake all for the entire time that kid's in the room. <laughs> uh, those are, but, there's a, but there's also a new one coming out 
um, that's related something somehow to dinosaurs, which is not Christmas themed, but could be a good Christmas present for somebody. But, um, but they're all full of like classical music, really beautiful pieces of music. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I'll mention is um, there's a book from North South Publishers called Christmas is Coming, Traditions from Around the World. And that's really cool. That one's, you know, it's nonfiction, but it's got, it, it's a more hefty book too. Um, but it's got really cool illustrations and it takes you, you know, it's talks about why people decorate Christmas trees and, you know, is Christmas celebrated in the same way and the same time in say Russia or Turkey as it is in the United States or how are things different in, in England and where did nativity scenes come from? And, uh, it, uh, so see it's different legends with the different places that they came from. So, um, that's, that's a really cool book. And in a similar vein, although not from the same publishers, there is a series called a very blank Christmas. So it could be a very Italian Christmas or a very Russian Christmas. Um, and those are really cool too. Similar vibes, but you know, they're very specific to that, um, to that region. I think the first one they did is a very Russian Christmas and, those are from New Vessel Press. Um, and the newest one that they came out with is um, One for Each Night, The Greatest Hanukkah Stories of All Time. But like last year, they did a very Mexican Christmas. There's a very Scandinavian Christmas, a very French Christmas, very German Christmas, very Italian Christmas. You know, uh, you can, you, you get the idea. So <laughs> but those are, really, those are really cool. That'd be a great resource for people who are homeschooling who want to do something a little different in December, yeah. but still want to keep the learning going. So, you know, you do a whole Christmas theme based on parts yeah. of the world. That'd be great. Book yeah. Fun. A fun unit study for Christmas. Yeah. There's an Irish, there's an Irish one there and they have really, they're, you know, these are 150 pages. You know, these are not little picture books. They've got lots of pictures in them, but they're also very informative. So, you know, you could almost, you could go, you could use the very Mexican Christmas throughout the whole season of Advent and probably not exhaust you know, exhaust its usefulness. Yeah. They have recipes. Um, yeah, there's um so like the Mexican one here says replete with mouth-watering meals, mysterious felines, multicolored boxes, marvelous sweet rolls, and many a bedside tale. A very Mexican Christmas is sure to delight, warm, and astonish by turns. And then it talks about, for example, how um they said get a glimpse of how Christmas is done in a land of no snow, which honestly is also just North Carolina. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then, you know, the Scandinavian one, I, what I like about them is that they have, you get a real sense of these different cultures and there's a, there's a common thing you're celebrating, but because of the nature of the place itself, those celebrations happen in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like you can't celebrate in Scandinavia the same way you can in Ireland. Well, Ireland, I guess you can, but the way you can't in, in Mexico. And then, you know, Russia, it has snow, but it's got a very different culture than Ireland. And so they're learning about the cultures, but also there's that commonality of the reason why you're celebrating is consistent, yeah. even as the traditions are a little different. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. I'll put in a plug. Those are fun. I, I thought of another book that I love. Um, and it's actually a cookbook. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, it's by Sarah Kiefer, K-I-E-F-F-E-R, and it's called Baking for the Holidays. And she's a great cookbook author. She, this, that's, she has four books out. Her m- newest one is called 100 Morning Treats. And... It's um, inspired by her time working in a coffee shop when she was, you know, I think before she had kids. And so Mm. things that you want to have with your morning coffee. 
But um, Baking for the Holidays has a lot of good stuff in there. And in all her cookbooks, she's always putting in references to Tolkien and Narnia. It's kind of fun to read all. Oh, nice. nice. Oh, yeah. Speaking speaking of Tolkien, you got to do the letters letters for Father Christmas, which are Tolkien's letters that he wrote to his children. And there's a lot of different editions of that where you can get a smaller, you know, paperback one, a hardcover one. There's a really big illustrated one if you want to go that way. It's more like, well, it's not a picture book exactly because it's too long, but I've read that a couple of times. And those are even fun to just read as an adult to yourself. You don't have to read those with your kids to get a lot of enjoyment out of them. Mm. Should I recommend a couple more here before we go? Yeah. Okay, so three, well, two more things. So Penguin... The, the big publisher, biggest publisher in the world, probably. Um, they have a whole set called the Penguin Christmas Classics. So they have, you can get the Christmas Carol in that. You can get the Nutcracker. You can get collections of short stories. There's Louisa May Alcott um, stories and essays in one of them. And they're, they're a little bit bigger than what you would think of as a pocket size. So they're not as small as a mass market, but they're not as big as the regular black and white traditional Penguin Classics that we all know. And they're hardcover. They're very affordable. They're beautiful, simple, vintage-looking artwork. So if you're looking for some of those classics, they have one on Ohio, the, Ohio, the Magi story, Ohio, um, the Gift of the Magi and other stories. Those are really pretty. Um, and then, I mean, who you got to read a mystery during Christmas time. Is there such a thing so, as a Christmas mystery? Oh, there's a whole genre of cozy Christmas okay. mysteries. Most of them are pretty bad, honestly. Uh, but... <laughs> I mean, Agatha Christie wrote Hercule Poirot's Christmas, so there's that one. If you if you want to just you know go to old go the old faithful there, but one of my favorite publishers is called Poison Pen Press, uh, and they are the publishing wing that is helping the British Library bring back a, a bunch of out of print, old school British mysteries. So the British Library has these texts, and they have this series called the British Library Crime Classics. So the British Library is our version. We have the Library of Congress and the British Library. That's that's their version. So then they have the British Library of Crime, Crime Classics. And a lot of these books have been out of print. So they work with Poison Pen Press to bring them particularly to America. So you can get... They have hundreds of titles of books that were... You know, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, they were quite popular or beloved. But for whatever reason, they just kind of... Maybe Agatha Christie and Dorothy Sayers swallowed up the you know oxygen f- for for those kind of books that are going to last forever. But some of them are so great. Many of them are written by people who were part of the detection club that Sayers and Chesterton and Agatha Christie and all these people were a part of. Um, and so that's a great press. But they have a book by a guy named Rupert Latimer uh, called Murder After Christmas, which is a fun one to read, especially you know in the week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, it's my, that would be a good one to give as a Christmas gift to somebody who is a big mystery uh, mystery fan. And it takes place during the war, during World War II. And so it's like 1944 and, you know, it's got this, it's a, a small town in England and there's a murder that happens and, um, yeah. you know, a detective has to jump in. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much, I mean, they're not, they're not all just because they were classics or you know, back in the day, doesn't mean that they were, or beloved back in the day means that they're true classics. But many of these books from the, the British Library Crime Classics series are really, really excellent. And Rupert Latimer is great. Um, you know, you got some of the people in that series are going to be people, like one of them is um, 
I think his name is John Dixon Carr. He's known as the godfather of the locked room mystery. Ah. One of them is ECR Lorac, which is the pen name of somebody named Edith Rivette, who's one of my favorite mystery writers. And she writes books that are all regional. So like one might take place in Dover, one might take place in York. And they're very place oriented. They're a little less puzzle oriented than Agatha Christie, but for my money, her writing is actually a little bit better. And Rupert Latimer falls in that category where, you know, maybe the puzzles aren't quite as complex as the Poirot stories, but his writing and his scene making and his the sense of place in his stories make up for the fact that maybe there's not someone as memorable as Hercule Poirot. So that's a good one for the you know for the end of the season. Checking those out. Well David, thank you. Um go ahead, Carrie. Oh, I was just gonna say so David, if um people want to order books from you, how can they do that? Like give a little plug for your store here. (laughs) How can we well you certainly can come into our store. And, and come say hello. Um, but it, you know, if you're not in the region, um, there's a couple of ways you could, you could message us through email or social media or whatever. We can set it up that way, but you can also go to bookshop.org, which is an amazing site that was started in, a, in early 2020, right before the pandemic and saved a lot of the independent bookstore industry because many of these, you know, smaller mom and pop, so to speak type bookstores were not really set up to do online sales. And so bookshop.org started right before COVID and works with uh, bookstores as a as a vendor. So you can buy through a bookstore like ours and we get the credit for the sale. We get a cut from that. And it ships from the same warehouses that we use to stock our shops. So you could go to bookshop.org slash shop slash Goldberry Books and you could order through us there. But also, you know, support your local bookstores. You know, if you want to, you if you have a bookstore in your area or a bookstore that was in wherever you grew up, the, the bookstore that you went to as a kid, you know, you could search for them on there as well. And if their logo, whatever logo is in the top left of the page in bookshop.org, that's the bookstore that you're supporting. So be great if you want to order through us. We'd certainly be grateful. But, you know, the independent bookstore world is is one kind of big family in a lot of ways. So support the ones in your community as well. Thank you, David. So it's just bookshop.org slash shop slash the name of the bookstore. Yeah, that's, that's a great reminder and very gracious of you as well. So yeah. I, I would also put in a plug. If you're in Concord, go visit Goldberry. <laughs> Thank you. Got all the, they're right next door to a coffee shop. I mean, what more? That's true. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're connected on the inside. We don't even have to go outside again. I know. <laughs> and, and plus, you'll have a lot of fun things that aren't books, like posters and stickers and yeah. candles and all that. We have a whole new notebook section we added since you were last there. Oh, and- Mugs, yeah. yeah, we got mugs. Yeah, all the yeah. Okay, so well, good. This has been a fun episode and a fun conversation, David. It's, yeah. it's a good thanks for having me. Christmas gets so busy, and it's good to just you know, brew yourself a cup of tea or coffee and sit back with a good book and, and read it to the ones you love and enjoy the holidays. Yeah, thank you. It's a great way to slow down. Yes, yes. It, it is. thank you all for listening, and here's to home. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.